0: hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the podcast it should go without saying i'm your host andrew lewis and joining me once again for our third afl season preview podcast in this space is our resident afl expert cameron mcdonald how are you doing cameron footy footy now we to talk to each other because our mobs are playing each other first up
1: yeah yeah, that's exciting. I'm all not, for a not, bit of variety. Let's um, bring it on and, and let's bring on a grand final rematch. It's an excellent first round of footy.
0: It is. Um, nice to see the tribunal tonight upheld that very, very good decision to rub out Braden, Brandon Maynard for that uh, disgraceful act on the weekend. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. All right. Okay. Well, gives us a nice excuse if we happen to get rolled by six or less. The
0: great man would have got us out of jail. Oh, I know he, he, he's a very, very good player. I'd, I'd be I'd be thinking about him if I was building my um, actual team to play. You know, if aliens were like, we're going to play you at a game of football. If you lose, we get to take over the world.
1: <laughs> How good would that be?
0: Maynard That's would be. Division. I'm not, as in, just a way of thinking about it. So you're not picking in the all Australian teams. You haven't got, you know, Patrick Dangerfield playing in a back pocket. Um, yeah. You have to play people in their actual best positions because he's one of the best defenders in the competition. So, yeah, that's how highly yeah. I rate him.
1: Yeah, you him know, player.
0: regardless of the well, little bit of fun I had with uh, describing the uh, the incident, um, as a St Kilda supporter, I'm not unhappy he's not playing. Let me put it that way.
1: Oh, uh, and I can cop him getting rubbed out for that too. I know that's not what this podcast is about, but and and. There's no way he gets rubbed out a couple of years back but his action led to the concussion they're the rules um but I think he got plenty of ball.
0: Fair enough fair enough well for those the uninitiated um, on our on my the season preview podcasts um, on it should go that saying is that I sort of pull rank and we go through the teams, in the reverse order I've got them in the ladder. So we'll start with whoever I've got finishing last, um, and on, so on and so forth. So Melbourne supporters, you're going to have to just sit and wait, okay? You're just going to have to sit tight, get through, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get through the next two and a half hours. Oh, no, I'm kidding. But it, m- it might be a while before we get to talk about the days. Um But my general thoughts on this season and looking at the teams, uh, Cameron McDonald, is that, I really don't like anyone. There are, there, are, there are 15 clubs I really have, and maybe even 16, um, who I sort of have major problems with. Um, let's call it 15 teams with, with w- w- who I don't like, two clubs who I think have big question marks, and I think it feels a little like 2008. Mm. We're in that season and we're just like, there's one really good team.
1: Yeah, it's probably not a bad parallel to draw, actually, because I'm, um, yeah, I, I sort of had the same thought as I, as I skimmed and tried to get my ladder down that I was like, it's really a bit of a lottery from position four down for me. And I think I think I then tried to have a little bit of fun with it because you may as well. Um, Fair enough. If it's a bit of a smush from position four downwards, then you may as well throw some clubs in some interesting places.
0: So you've had some fun with it. So Essendon (laughs) will last, the longest second last. I've only got one of yours first. I've only got one of those two in the finals, by the way. Um, So I'm going to start. Let's get into it. Start with the team I got finishing last, and that's Hawthorne. Go on. I don't like their list as it is now. I don't know if they've bottomed out. I think they're in a spot where you hear a lot of the supporters talk themselves into some nice kids, but they don't really have any any 20-year-old guns. You know, absolute can't miss. There's no, you know, I'll I'll just put a smile on your face. There's no Nick Dacos in that group. Um, There's no Matt Rowell. And... I just don't know if there's any incentive for them to be good this year, to be perfectly truthful, other than the obvious that, you know, it's better to win than lose and you get into good habits. But there's no pressure on Mitchell. Hawthorne are a well run club. They know it's this is, there's only one way to have someone follow Alistair Clarkson, and that is just in take the pressure off entirely. So don't build an expectation, remove it you know just lead into it. So I don't like the amount of talent I don't know where I don't like where they are in their development
1: for this year this is. Um, I'm absolutely spot on. I, I feel exactly the same and, about Hawthorne. I've got them I've got them last as well and I was having a bit of fun with that because it's easy to throw the, the same bottom side back at the bottom um or or have that conversation about that you know those bottom couple of clubs but um i'm with you um the the asterix is um james sicily who i think is a fine player um and and you know we'll we'll give them a massive boost i think uh will day is the the young kid um that hawthorne supporters can most look forward to i really like what i've seen of Um, uh, Will Day, um, although he's out uh, currently with an injury uh, but I don't think he's going to be out for too long Um, I'm not convinced there's no pressure on Mitchell because the Hawthorne faithful I think are are basically split down the middle um, in much the same way that the Collingwood faithful were when the Malthouse-Buckley succession plan uh, didn't quite take the way it was supposed to Um, And that led to some fairly divisive stuff at Collingwood uh, and ultimately to Buckley, you know, not really getting much of a glimmer of positivity around his coaching um, for that first six or seven years um, as we kind of slid. Um, uh, You know, you're right in that uh, Mitchell's not uh, a team with... You know, a premiership team essentially. Um, so there's no there's no great expectation from the general public about what Hawthorne might do, but they've replaced arguably one of the you know in that in that handful of best coaches of all time um, with somebody untried, and the great coach didn't want to leave. Um, you know, it might be a little while before we talk about Melbourne, but surely it's one of the most sensational um coach axing uh, axings um since the great norm smith and they've only just buried that curse so um Mm, i don't know how don't know how patient hawthorne people are going to be um just based on that alone um and it was it was a it was a weird old transition in the very first place where you weren't sure about the harmony of, of what was being left behind um or, or how the players felt about playing for Mitchell instead of Clarkson. and um, So I think they're a massive watch and, um, yeah, I popped them down for last.
0: We're in agreement. I, I think the, the, the couple of parallels you mentioned, yeah, Smith, was, Smith was a handful of games removed from a premiership um, and Buckley took over a grand final team. So...
1: Yes, I mean I, I did I did reference that. I I just yeah. I, I think the the like when it just comes to um the 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 Hawthorne crowd baying for blood, it, it needs to they need to see some green shoots at Hawthorne, even if it's a wooden spoon year, Because they replaced one of the greatest coaches of all time. They need to see something. Um, and, and there are plenty of wooden spoon teams that have shown something. North Melbourne showed oh. plenty last year. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think they've got to show something.
0: Hawthorne have got North Melbourne in round one, mm. so it's a winnable game. One of them will be in the top nine after the first round, but I've got them 17th and 18th when the season ends. Um, if everything goes well for North Melbourne this year, next year will, there will be a significant improvement in my opinion. But I'm just, I'm not so sure about this year. Um, I think, I think Noble probably needs a little bit longer with them, but I'm, I'm, I'm more confident that they've bottomed out and turned the corner, but I don't know if I necessarily see it affect the wing column just yet. So completely I completely agree. I have them 17th.
1: As do I. Um,
0: so I'm North Melbourne seventeenth.
1: Yeah, we're we're in agreement once again. Um, I think the it, projecting is it possible to project that a team finishes seventeenth and and still have a great deal of positivity about them? As I said, I thought North, you know, showed some terrific character last year, um, and. I do like some of their young guns. I think LDU, Taryn Thomas. Um, you know some of these some of these guys that they've added of late. Um, this uh, the bloke from Larky. the mid-season draft. Yep, the, mo- the bloke from the mid-season draft is supposed to be a fairly handy talent who may have gone top ten in the in the national draft. Um, Larky looks the goods. Um, you know, there's the other boy. Uh, Phillips, I think, who went top three um, and perhaps the most exciting of the lot. um, If you back junior footy watchers, is the guy they took at number one in the draft and the guy they took ahead of uh, the aforementioned Nick Dacos after the two of them seemed locked in a battle for the number one pick throughout the year. North settled on their man um, with a good chunk of footy uh, left to go. Um, And some of the highlights I've seen, fairly impressive. So, you know, with all of that to have a look at, um, I don't think North supporters will mind too much if they finish 17th, but but get a glimpse at what's to come.
0: Yeah. Um, they also produced one of my moments of last season, and that was the win in Perth against the Eagles on the Monday night. Magnificent. That was... Um, it was. It was um, It was a great performance. I sincerely hope all the North Melbourne supporters who were uh, back in wherever they were, um, still... Pretty much in the middle of the pandemic at that stage, rather um, to enjoy that um, to the fullest, even though it was a Monday night. <laughs> um, so I've got, I mean, the, the the bottom the bottom five I've got from last year. Hawthorne ended up finishing 14th, so they finished. It's it's similar, but it's not exactly the same. I've got the Crows in 16th, and I'm just I'm I worry about. They, they, they've probably got a game they should win in round... You know, all things being equal, they, they should be very competitive in round one against Fremantle. And then they've got Collingwood in Melbourne round two. Um, but I think he'd be more confident... They got off to a bit of a fly last season. Um, so they might start well again. But I don't like the health of their list at the moment. And, I, and I'm not... In terms of in terms of structure I worry about them um not so much in terms of intent I think I think that was pretty much ticked off and started to be ticked off in, towards the end of 2020 um but I think they've, they've got to figure out how everything fits uh, and they're still they still seem like they're, they're a team that can that can be scored on um you know, they were they were uh, um, they were up the top in terms of points conceded last year. Um, one point off being second last. So I worry about that back line. I think I think they can be had. Um so I'm just my enthusiasm has has probably waned for them over the course of the preseason. I've got I them sixteenth.
1: I hovered over this selection before settling on the Crows as well. Um the other bottom four side I, that I predict may be slightly better things at home throughout the season. Um, I don't hold a great – I don't think any club holds a great deal of worry about heading to Adelaide to play the Crows. Um, despite their, their loud home crowd, I just – I don't think clubs worry so much about the style of foot he played there, um, and I don't think they've got a home fortress necessarily. I think they beat the Cats in round one last year and kind of stunned everybody. Made a really handy start to the year, yeah. and Tex Walker was flying, and off the back of a very ordinary year, you wondered what the hell was going on. Um, hard to imagine them finding that again. Um, but having said that, that's a, that is a relatively soft beginning to the year. Um, but I'll be tipping Frio in that game. And yeah, the Crows to finish.
0: 16th. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so we've we've mentioned three teams are all paying. They're all on the bottom or the second bottom line betting at the moment for the Premiership. So I don't think we're um, breaking any news or shattering any conceptions at the moment. You know who's always a little bit shorter than they should be, Cameron? Whether it's a a, little bit in a game than or. They should be. There's one club that's always shorter than they should be with, with the bookies.
1: It's not my club, is
0: it? It is. I've got them 15th. It's Collingwood. Um, again, I, I see there's a similar situation to Hawthorne, but I actually think the core group at Collingwood is a, is a bit more mature and a bit more competitive than the core group at Hawthorne. But it's a very similar situation. In so much as I don't think there's pressure on McRae. I don't think there's much incentive to them, for them to really be, you know, to be as good as they could be this season.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's, it's hard to know whether, as you and I predicted that we'd go reasonably well um, last year, only for the wheels to fall off completely. It's hard to know whether we'd be closer in our estimations uh, this year to have us as a bottom four side again, or whether there's some merit, any merit, left in the kind of footy that Collingwood were playing in 2020. Um, And I think so much of that depends on the health of the list. Darcy Moore missed a bit of footy last year. the, the disastrous on field uh, I, I guess ramifications of what Jordan De did in in New York City um, at least appear set to um, not affect us on field at the beginning of this year which I don't think I saw coming um, but if he plays his best footy if Brody Grundy can return to something like his best um, you know and if our if our good players play well I I do think we're a better side, um, than uh, certainly than Hawthorne and then a, then a, a few, um, but again we're in that that mush. We're not going to win the flag, um. So we need to see. I, I think I think there's much less pressure on McRae than Mitchell. Uh, and and using my metric of internal pressure, well, I think most people felt that some savage change was required at Collingwood and. And we've received it, um, not only Buckley and not only Eddie Maguire, but they threw the lot out, basically. Um, and without really knowing any of them personally, um, I think public perception says that just about every person we've brought into the footy club in the off-season is um, is an excellent football person. Um, from Craig McRae through um, from Neville Jeddah. Um, to Brendan Bolton, there's uh, just some people there, Josh Fraser coming back, um, that I think will will drive a good culture moving forward. Um, but it's hard to know how long that will take to um, come into effect, I suppose. We'll know, though, I think immediately, whether it's a, a happy place to play footy, um, which I reckon is is one of the biggest keys to rising back up the ladder. And I've kind of liked what I've seen of our pre-season. So while I don't have us finishing much higher, um, I have us finishing slightly higher. um, And I lumped for West Coast at um, 15. Um, Had a bit of fun with that. Thought that they would slide um, relatively dramatically um you know that, I... what what made them a, a a very good team there for a little while and and all of their forward line weapons um Josh Kennedy um Jack Darling Oscar Allen as your as your third big man up forward and a really exciting player um he might have to do it on his own a little bit at times cuz if you if can't trust Kennedy's body and if, if Jack Darling's not going to get vaccinated, um, I worry for West Coast. And the only reason I place them higher than the Crows is I think they'll nab a couple of wins in Perth, but um, I think they're trending down in a hurry um, to be that club that, along with Hawthorne, um, I think is trending down, despite the ladder position that I've set them at. I think they're trending down. Um, probably along with um, the Cats would be that other team that I think are trending down. Um, but they seem to always do enough right in the home and away season um, down there. Um, and yeah, it's hard to know how how quickly they'll fall off when the time comes. But there are still some champion footballers there. So West Coast at fifteen for me, punter.
0: I well, I mean. I'm happy for that to cover off West Coast. I've got them in 14th.
1: Um,
0: I had their fall last year, I believe. We can we consult the videotape? I said I, the metrics just said that West Coast had punched above their weight in 2020. Um, they're a team that had uh, had one. Um, a couple of games, I think, in twenty twenty, and historically had been a, a, a team over, over the three years before that who had punched above their weight in terms of got, uh, scoring accuracy, and um, that that always reverts to the mean. So, um, I know I think there are a lot of people who were really really excited. It might have been the year before, might be twenty twenty, might be twenty twenty one, but since they've got Tim Kelly, I think everyone was like, they've got the best midfield we've ever seen. Um, they're going to dominate. You know, they won a premiership two years ago or three years ago, and that just hasn't come to pass. And they, 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 they were just about the worst-performed team in the last six or seven. You know, in the in the run home uh, last mm. year, um, lost to Fremantle, lost to um, lost to Collingwood. Um, we got were who also weren't going very well. Um, at yeah. the end of the season, um, lost that game to North Melbourne, which I don't, don't think anyone had them losing that game. So, um, yeah, the same the same reason I've got them in, uh, as high as I do is because I think they still possess a significant home ground advantage and that will be good for a couple of 50-50 games. For example, um, they've got the Gold Coast. I want to say that out in Perth first up absolutely the sort of game where i don't think anyone would have any qualms picking the gold coast to win that game if it was at Metricon stadium or a neutral venue um but in perth even with the problems that west coast are having you know 26 or 28 fit players to pick from at the moment talks about them going to you know going past you know being able to bring in players to play this round one they you know i think they're gonna they've got two or three spots on their list that they can sign players they're going to Bring in players who weren't at the club two weeks ago, or were at another club training two weeks ago. Thinking of young Nash, who was at Richmond last year and has trained at St Kilda this season, is going to end up at West Coast. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, they're they're um, I, I, the, the bottom could really fall out of it. And I, I remember saying about Adelaide a few years ago that you know they were a team that a club um, that had the ability to bottom out properly if they did because they you know the, the, they didn't have to worry about the off field stuff affecting them. Um, West Coast are in that situation, so they get three or four, if they lose to the Gold Coast in round one, and it's bad, then they've got North Melbourne in round two, the, I think that game is in, that game might be in, let me just make absolutely sure, that game that might game's be. That at
1: Mar-
0: uh, Is it at Marvel, or are they in Tasmania?
1: It's at Marble.
0: Is it Marvel? Okay, um, you know, if they lose that game, and then round three they've got the the are zero and three, and they come in. They've got a nice start to the season because they got Collingwood in Melbourne in round four. Um, they one and three and zero and four. They might just move past Adam Simpson just very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and then there'd be very little incentive for them to be competitive at all. So you know they wouldn't surprise me if they finished eighteenth. Um, but. They're west coast so you know we just don't re- i mean they have been some bad west coast teams we just don't seem to have a collective memory of it so <laughs> we'll see how they go chances are they're just gonna be west coast and they'll get despite dean margets retirement from the umpire fraternity um sorry <laughs> someone just walked in and gave me 50 meters um that the umpires will still be giving them the, the dream ride in in Western Australia. I mean, it's beyond an outlier. We know that there is a like, there's like a 15 year trend in the, the uh, ride they get from the umpires over there, particularly. Um, you know, so we might just all wake up on the Monday morning like, oh, okay, West Coast beat Gold Coast by six goals. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, rinse, lay, repeat. So, but wouldn't surprise me if they if they if the bottom completely fell out of it.
1: Yeah. yeah, And I've got I've got the pies at um at that pick there. Um, yeah, So i got the I've, same I've bottom five. Spoke a little bit about that.
0: Yep. Very good. Um, I've probably got two more clubs who I'm putting a line through in terms of chances of doing anything meaningful this season. In terms of, in terms of you know, let's say being above you know being in the first segment of AFL 360 from consecutive nights, um, for good <laughs> reasons. Um so on 13th I've got the Gold Coast. And really, it's just that it's, uh, it's gotta happen. They've they've got to start, there's gotta be some progress made sooner or later. They finished 16th last season. Um you know, their best moment was beating Richmond, um, in a home in in their home game in Melbourne. Um which was a really good win and Richmond came and, you know, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a meritorious win, but you know, other than that, and I think they, they uh, gave Sydney a touch up early in the season when Sydney were flying, but, but you know, they were, they, they we were just talking about it. last year. They started the season on that Sunday night uh, in Perth against West coast, exactly the same round one game. And they were a point up at three quarter time and lost by twenty five points. Um, they just, no, it's old fashioned, but it just, it just has to be a kitchen sink game for them on round one. They, is it, Stuart Jew has to have them. You know, like this is the most important game in the history of the club. Cause... They go all right.
1: They do go all right to start years sometimes. See, with you, with your point um, taken, um, that they they lost that game last year. I, I would I, I wouldn't uh, a cheeky go at them at, at two dollars50 because as you say West Coast decimated um, and it, it should mean a lot to Gold Coast and and they might just get a little run on um it's so good to see Matt Rao um, playing some nice footy again in the preseason um, he looked like a player that had had some really shitty injuries and nobody. After that exhilarating start to his career that's coincided with Gold Coast winning a few games and what did he have, like eight or nine Brownlow votes from his first three. Mm. Um, And was just tearing it apart, kicking goals from outside 50 on the wrong shoe, looking every bit like their captain from the get-go. But if Rowland Anderson stand up, Tuke Miller can win the Brownlow.
0: Um, to, add to, his, sudden... to add to his AFL player rating brand low.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and, and wits in there, uh, obviously very handy. Um, you know, what can Ben King muster?
0: Well, nothing season? this season, unfortunately.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Um, that
0: hurts that's... too. I think I might be a bit more bullish on them if they had that focal point, because he, he, can, he can seriously play.
1: Yes, absolutely, and uh silly of me to forget that but um you know there's still there's still a lot of talent on that list uh Rankin and Lacocious and some of these players um who by rights should be um but yeah I think with some midfield ascendancy they might get a hold of a few teams and um and yeah really sort of start to come
0: yeah so I've got I've got Gold Coast 13th and to be fair I, yeah I they, they've got to get. I think the the target has to be double digit wins this season, which they've achieved once in their in their history. Um, the year that Adlet was just destroying everybody and then got injured to his shoulder, and that was sort of the end of the first iteration of the Gold Coast. So, um, I, I hope I hope they can turn around. I hope they can produce and be competitive. Um, but um, I don't trust them. No, I, I don't for... trust
1: anyone in the, in the next sort of yep. Eight clubs. Don't trust
0: yep. anyone. Yep. The uh, next time I got, which is the last team I'm willing to put a line through in terms of any meaningful contribution to 2022, is from Antle. Um, I struggled to I struggled to cast last the last game of last year out of my mind. Um, they had they had an opportunity if they had won and another and, and Collingwood had won. Um, to play finals and the white flag winner against the team that you know couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere, um, and I just it just it just sticks in my mind. Um, they've got what appears to be one of the twenty-five or thirty best young ruckmen in the competition. Um, <laughs> I, I, make that that. To, I, I make that comment not to I make that comment not to not to get stuck into Sean Darcy who might end up and might already be a very good footballer. But it just seems like I watched Sean I watched Draper, Sam Draper on the weekend for Essendon. Um, you know, and every Essendon supporter will tell you, you know, oh, we've got one. Um he gave away five free kicks in the ruck. Not not to have best Tap Ruckman, to to you know playing Sequillers, but to Ron Marshall. And I'm just like it just seems like every team don't actually have Max gone or Toddy Goldstein or, or Nick Natanui or um Brody Grundy want to talk themselves up into their ruckman, um, except probably Geelong supporters because they know better. But <laughs> you know, it's just there's just a lot of oh, they could be good on their day, uh, just I, I mean, having said that, Darcy did kick a nice banana goal on the weekend in the preseason. It wasn't off one step. He took five steps. You know, you know.
1: Darcy's second half of last year I'll, I'll vouch for because it, it, he played some pretty incredible footy. He seemed to get a little bit hurt most weeks. Um, So hopefully, you know, he, he, he has a, a reasonably clean run with his body this year because it's a brutal position to play. But, he, you know, lower leg injuries seemingly um you know, started to get the better of him towards the end there. But um it would be one of the one of the, the most alarming and, and most improved um players I would say across the comp last year would be Sean Darcy. And I, I was watching him very closely because he was my um keeper league um super coach Ruckman and um found found some very, very big scores. Um knows how to take a catch and, and can sort of bully people around the ground a bit, which is you know, he's he's got a bit of shit in him, as they say. Um yeah, look, definitely not sold on Frio, but I have them one position higher. Um I have the same. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, um and that's only fun, fun. I, I I don't know if I if there's any Particular reason that I think the Saints uh, are any worse than Frio, so it's it's a bit of a lottery there. Um, if anything, I'm just a bit more I'm a bit more uh, sold on the way that Frio are building their list, um, and so it's really it's that selecting Frio there above the Saints. And and going back to reference the round twenty three game you just spoke about, um, th- there might be zero sense to that, um, or it might be uh, round twenty three, and there might be a whole heap of um, things in the air there that we don't know about. But um, they were separated by bugger all across the whole season. Those two teams. Um, it's fair to suggest they'll probably be somewhere near each other again. Although I remember. Saint Kilda's start to the year last year, I was I was a bit worried about them going in. Still had them in the eight, but was a bit worried about um, how a couple of those injuries would sort of feed into the club. Um, I just, for me, I, I need to see more from the Saints to know that um, twenty twenty wasn't just one out of the box. Um, particularly from a recruiting point of view.
0: At, at the risk of talking about the clubs in, not in the order I've got them, you know, am sorry to pull rank. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, I think there's been some we, – we're very – St Kilda supporters are very, very sensitive um, to what eventually, what, what, have been, what, what eventually becomes a sort of prevailing media narrative, whatever it is that is used to, um, you know, Give us a kick. I think there was a story last year that had us, you know, described us as a big Melbourne club. And it was just, you know, it's like, well, us, we're all, you know, oh, we're a big Melbourne club when it suits the purpose of giving us a kick. Um, you know, two, between nine, tw- 2019 and 2020, um, going out and getting Hill and Ryder and Howard and Butler and Jones. Jones, I'm happy to concede that's, you know, pushing your chips in the middle of the table and topping up on mature age talent and, you know, recycle plays, which I've said, times recently. It's the most subjective term in football. Um, But last year, between 2020 and 2021, it was Brad Crouch who was a free agent. We traded the second round draft pick for Jack Higgins, who was 21 and... Right back and St Kilda, and you know, and then you know, then the names get thrown around Paul Hunter and Mason Wood, but well, they were at the end of the list picks. You know, they yeah, they were both supplementary season pick. Oh, we don't have a ruckman, we need to go and get someone. Well, we could have picked an eighteen-year-old kid with pick four hundred and thrown him to the wolves which is not what you do with a Ruckman, or you pick someone who, you know, I don't care if I throw a 28-year-old in the walls because at least he's not going to sustain, you know, lifelong physical damage. And Paul Hunter's no longer at the club. Um, did the job. Mason Wood's pro- Mason Woods going to play round one. Um, I don't think he was moved on from North Melbourne because he didn't have any talent. So I think they oh, spent two years topping up on... Mature talent. There's a little bit of it. No, I think we spent one year doing it. And then we, last year, 2020, 2021, looked a lot like all the other years when we brought in guys like Tim Memory and Jack Steele and other guys who started their careers at other clubs who um, have ended up sort of being integral parts of the team. So,
1: yeah, uh, look, no question, no question on those two guys. Um, you know, no question on Paddy Ryder, um, the best of Brad Hill. Some of the pieces that you're talking about there and even as you rattle off those names I'm not sure that the that even the best of those players um give St Kilda a great point of difference um you know that that's just the way that I read it it's not necessarily entirely about the recycled players narrative it's just that I don't look at those pieces and see the difference makers um you know largely role players. Um, and that means that, and that means that you're you're kind of backing in the the early picks that have been taken in previous drafts. So this time last year, in this podcast, we spoke about the importance of um, Coffield and and Clark uh, and Max King, and that the Saints would be great when they were great. Um, that was the way I saw it. Um, and, you know, I, I think at the time, you you, you almost sold me that um, both Caulfield and Clark um, had arrived somewhat A fairly brutal campaign last year. Caulfield arguably regressed um, from a top five uh, position in the BNF, I think, from memory. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think bringing in those pieces is, is backing in the development and continued development of the gun, you know, um, franchise player you've invested high picks in. Um, and I don't, I, you know, it's not that I'm not sold on those players, but they certainly need to start doing it before the Saints will be a great team.
0: Fair enough. Um... I was at least encouraged by how Clark got injured <laughs> um, on Saturday night in so much as he's a guy who, you know, had his jaw turned into pumpkin soup by David Mackay last year and he got injured putting his head over the ball properly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So augurs well for him continuing to do that. There's no doubt that Coffer regressed last season. He, he wasn't the first player who have a good season and then back it up with not such a good season. Um, and now he's done his knee. So, you know, that's um, that's how it is. But it's probably a, a, a reminder to make hay while the sun shines. Um, Yeah, so from Adeline 12th, and um, I'm, I might talk a little bit more about St Kilda when we get to the top eight because I've got them because, you know, I bear it for them. That's my podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> serious questions now they were getting into serious territory in terms of the teams Now, any of these teams could make finals and it wouldn't surprise me but I do have a question about the next team who I've got in an 11th and that is I don't really understand why everyone thinks Richmond aren't finished and it's fine they won three premierships in four years they were excellent but their list profile and in terms of their elite players on their list. Looks a lot like Geelong's, who I'm not far off talking about either. Um, yeah, Martin's had a, Martin had a significant injury. Um, I certainly want him to back his best because he's box office. He's wonderful to watch when he's at his absolute peak. And some suggestions, you know, with the weight that he's lost, he might be, you know, might be a different type of brilliant. He might be leaner and quicker over the ground and Better do it? I don't know, but it's a significant injury. He would have been not exercising for quite some time. Um, you know, Cochin's moved on from the captaincy. Um, clearly, his best football's behind him. And I think, would it be in season 15? Um, has played a pretty bruising brand of football over the course of the journey, too, um, and has reaped the rewards for it. You know, three time Premiership captain. Um, We've had we've had a we had a Jack Rewalt renaissance last year, but we also had a Tex Walker renaissance last year. So, um, Texas renaissance probably stops for other reasons uh, above the neck. Um, but Jacks of a certain age, um, you know, Dylan Grimes is one of the cabs now. I think I think there's a question mark over him in round one. Um, I'm just not convinced. That they'll just bounce back. That they're just all caught up with them for a year, but they're still to be reckoned with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I've I've only got them one position higher than you have, um, yeah. but I can, see, you know, the why is it the the popular narrative was, you know, load up for, for one more. Um, how good are these, um you know, can they throw everything at this year, um, and then, then go back to the well? And there's a couple of players. There's a couple of players that you just go, is there enough here? Like, yes. I mean, Dusty's obviously uh, a huge question mark. It'll be very interesting to watch how he goes. But the two that I want to reference are Shy Bolton, who, um. At his best, has looked every every bit like he might blow the competition apart, and Noah Bolter has gone forward and made a massive impact um, in their preseason. And he is a freak athlete that if he that has I guess the capacity to impact games in just about every position on the ground, you know, like a Jared Ruffhead, maybe like an Adam Goods. Um, so I think there's a watch on Richmond because if those guys are really, really good, um, it, it, it could be that they could lead, uh, you know, um, this side um, potentially um, and be the the absolute guns in this side as some of the older dogs um, just have one final push. Um, but with all that said, I had them 10.
0: The other point I'd make is, and I'm going to restate a comp, a comparison that I had for them before, but the comparison in terms of the the dominating periods, um, over the over our memories, uh, for this rich, this great Richmond team is not Geelong, 2007 2011. It's not Hawthorne 2012 to 2000. It's Brisbane. And as good as they were. You know I just never got the feeling that because of the way they played how it was sort of sort of by hook or by crook um, I just never never watched Richmond I just thought got the feeling I got like when Geelong touched up Collingwood in the last game of 2011 the last game of the Hundred Eight season where it's just like these guys are just playing a different they're they're on a different plane of skill um you know there were always times in every season, uh, where Richmond won those three premierships in the four years where they felt like they could be had. Um, funny enough, the season they didn't win the premiership was probably the year where they felt in my memory felt like the, the, the that was the least true, and then they got had in the finals. So I put that together with the fact that if, if the comparison is 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 Brisbane two thousand and one to two thousand and four? When when it fell away for Brisbane, it fell away dramatically and for a while. But yeah, I'm I'm not. I don't. I think they've won their last premiership with this, and I'm comfortable saying that. In you know, to the ten people who listen. Yeah, so not- I've got him eleventh. Yeah, no, um, I've got your long tenth. This is mm. the year it's going to happen, Cameron McDonald. It's going to happen. And you know what's going to happen? That be magnificent. So, uh, this is what's going to happen, and I'm happy to stake my reputation on it or gain a reputation for this happening. And this is, you know, like if if this was a episode of The Simpsons, this is I'd be rather grabbing a large oversized lock or a large shoe in the first week of august this year i am going to go down i'm going to leave my property and i'm going to travel down the midland highway i'm going to go to that stadium and we're going to beat secure we're going to beat geelong and i'm going to be one of the seven or eight most obnoxious people ever recorded in history (laughs) that's what's going to happen
1: we need to create the um well you had them on close
0: last year down there, and then Max and Max King was just destroying them, and then oh, and then he had to go off a quarter time, and that was you know that was the game. Tom Hawkins, you know, decided to do mashed potato practice on Darrell Joyce's head. And then it was twice last year because we kicked 517 against them in the first in the first time we played them. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not. And they weren't. They're, they they're not that good. They weren't that good. And really, it was it, it, it it's. It, Port Adelaide took them apart in the first final, and then Melbourne did it did did the job on them. And, and that that did. I mean. And, and all the reports are that they're going to play exactly the same brand of football and exactly the same way this year. And, you know, there's a lot of chat and then they finally get out to play and it's just, it looks the same. It has to happen at some stage. It, it, it be, you know, the earlier it happens, the better for them. But they won, they, you know, they, they won a final last year against GWS. The game was in Perth. They won four and a half more games than GWS did last year. So, you know, that that... On, on exposed record, that should that's a that's a that's a that's a holding serve final performance for Geelong. Um I'm just I'm I'm so ready for it to be over.
1: Oh, so am I. And 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 the, the truth is I think it kinda has been over. But the but they just win so much at Kadenia Park. Um And it's a really tough ground to visit um, for most sides because of the way the wind plays. Teams just kick it out on the full... despite They must spend the whole pre-game talking about the fact that they shouldn't do that and then they just do it. Um, Yeah, look, I would love that to be the case, but I I don't have Geelong 10th. Um, I think they'll... I think they'll creep into the eight and figure out. (laughs) Yeah, look, no one will be happier than um, (laughs) me if I'm wrong, Um, because. But I I think the same thing is still true that they've they've built a game, of um, of really really slow keepings off, at the Cattery. And it gets them to the finals, but they are they're slowly becoming less and less relevant um, and as soon as they hit other other football grounds and particularly in finals uh, they get a slap and they're nowhere near the...
0: Yeah, I mean, that, they, that can't be the premiership. No. It, it It's obvious to everybody but them. So, anyway. anyway. The last team I've got outside the finals is Carlton and there's a word I genuinely don't use in this podcast, but I would use if I wasn't being recorded. But the reason I got Carlton outside the finals is that word them, because, you know, it should have happened already And, 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 you know, there's a story of the preseason. They gave Melbourne a touch up. They look like a million bucks. We've seen it before. Um, I feel like I could just hit a button and just replay what, what I've put on the podcast the last two years, but just beat Richmond. Win the first game. You know, you were five goals up a few years ago and, and still got beat. And you're probably a better, more talented, deeper side, you know, Chera and Hewitt getting added to that team. The midfield's deeper, it's stronger, it's more balanced. There's there's not a there's not a there's not an area to address in terms of the list. There, there, there were no excuses More excuses. Twelve months ago, somehow they finished thirteenth. They like got the bottom six draw, but I'm not putting them in the finals because you know, done
1: them. You sound just like me last year, um, when I think you did have them in the finals, but we I certainly did. <laughs> yeah, I had them thirteen,
0: and that's where they finished. Nostradamus, yeah. good work.
1: <laughs> I think they can do it. I think they can scrape into the finals this year, and don't ask me why. I think I think there's a part of me that thinks that Carlton can um, just arrive a year later, The experts thought, um, you know, that they, they've they've been the preseason fancy for a long time, um, and and you know, I, I think I think. Paddy Cripps' performance in that Melbourne game, more than the result, um, gave me enough uh, enough of a you know a reason to pop them into eight. Um, he was an extraordinary player um, that that was becoming quite ordinary um, this last couple of years. Um, Sam Walsh had, had gone past him um, and Sam Walsh will miss a few games at the start of this year. Um
0: As long as he plays the fifteen games he needs to win the Brown Low, then that's that's all good. Hmm. Thirty he votes exactly, last year.
1: Jeez. I know. Extraordinary. And but with with a fit and firing Crips as as two IC and he kicked four goals against Melbourne and it was a it was an old school Cripps performance and he kind of looked like he wanted to show everybody that he's, you know, that he's he's fit and he's still around. Um, so, yes, Cher is a great, a Hewitt's a fine addition. Um, but if Cripps goes okay, and if Charlie Kerno goes okay, um, then I don't think they want for anything. Then I think they've actually got really, really good players by position almost everywhere. Um, maybe with the exception of a Ruckman for them. Um, but, yeah, I think they can sneak in. So they got we'll their see.
0: act together. If they got their act together, they'd finish top four this year. If they properly got their act together with the amount of talent and the balance they've got on their list. Ruckman's the one position, as long as you've got your midfield structure the right way. Michael Voss is their coach now. He never had a Ruckman. Um, well, I mean certainly not when they were winning premierships. They had Clark Keating from August and Bo McDonald and Dylan McLaren and Jamie Charman. It's, you know, check the All-Australian resumes of those four. It won't take you long. So Melbourne Melbourne are an outlier in terms of the last 20 years, 25, 30 years in terms of having a dominant ruckman and winning a premiership and being the dominant team. So mm. it could be done. Um, there are no excuses, but I'm not putting them in the eight because I'm, you know, the reason I don't have a reputation is because I staked it on Carlton last year and, you know, I was made to look foolish. (laughs) And in my business, I can't be made to, I can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's if I was a big time Hollywood movie producer. But anyway, um, I've got S in eighth. Um, I think it's the correction. Isn't them worry me long term as someone who doesn't care for them, that uh, they might actually have got their uh, ducks in a row, list-wise and coach-wise and style of play-wise. But I think they'll find things a little tougher. They're not going to sneak up on anyone. Um, Interesting, they're talking about playing McGrath at halfback a little bit. Or was it Merritt? It was one of the other midfielders. It's like they don't have enough. They've certainly gone down the let's just get as many good midfielders or guys who can run the midfield on the list as possible at the same time.
2: Yeah.
0: They have, you know, the the second coming of just of Simon Madden, according to Western supporters. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm concerned that they'll be very good. Um but I have a feeling that there'll be a bit of pressure come onto them this season that, to be fair, hasn't genuine pressure. Not their essence and they're a big club and why are they disappointing us so often media pressure. I mean, actual pressure to perform. Like, there is, there's a genuine expectation on them. They've been been building for a while. And those, you know, they picked six, seven, eight last year, Cox, Perkins and Jones, they're all... In their second year, they're not all going to, be, going to be. There's going to be probably two of them are going to get the second year blues. They'll be fine, um, but it, they might not be fine this year.
1: Yes, yeah, it's hard to get. It's hard to get a perfect read on Essendon still, um, and like you know how they project, whether they project to be a genuine top four side or. Um, or whether they just project to to get better for a little while. Um, I don't think they've got those, you know, like if it all comes off for the Western Bulldogs, I mean, they've been handed some extraordinary luck with Darcy and Eugle Hagen, the the past two drafts. Mm. Um, And, you know, if they both come off to the level that they're expected to, well, then the dogs are going to be incredible. Now chances are they, they don't, or they both don't, because that's the that's the way with tall players, but um just an amazing leg up to a to a pretty good side already. Um and there's there's a couple of other sides projecting really nicely. Um you know, Melbourne aren't going anywhere. The the Swans I think um are trending upwards in a really nice way. Um so you know, you'd expect that that they're probably the 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 three teams that might be ready for a a sustained run, and we'll see what Richmond can make. Uh, sorry, what um, Brisbane can make of of their current list position, I suppose. Um, it's hard to get. It's hard to know whether Essendon are going to leap up into that conversation. Um, over this next sort of three or four years, or um, or whether they might be a kind of fourth to eighth type of team for a little while. Um, well, I think we might know more after this year, um, but I've got them in that range. I have them seventh. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Very good. We'll, we'll go over each of our letters at the end just to make sure because it got a little confusing after Collingwood. Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you home, we're, we're recording this at, after 10 o'clock at night. I'm, this is past my bedtime. Um, which is my excuse for having St Kilda seventh, other than I'm um, an enormous Homer and um, we've made the finals once in ten years and it was you know once in eleven seasons and it was the year no one was allowed to go to football. Um, let me let me make my case. It's it, it's not a terribly strong case considering that you know it, all the buzz this week is about St Kilda's lengthy injury list. Um. I think the argument for why St Kilda is, won't be as good as they were two years ago is only based on, here's a player who played for them two years ago who's now not playing there at all. So I do think you have that internal uh, improvement. Now, unfortunately, one of those players that we mentioned before is Clark. Um Might have been pretty confident, would have have been going into a pretty good season. Now he's not going to be playing until probably round five. Um, I think Higgins will be better this season, and I'm a huge rat for him. He's about my favourite player at the club. Um, We did really start to get a taste of Max King last season, in the second half of the season. Um, The the, the game in Perth against West Coast, which we somehow lost, um, that was. That was the best game I'd seen a deep forward play for St Kilda since probably Fraser Kerrick. I'm I'm putting aside, you know, what Nick Riewoldt did just about every week for his career. Um, But Riewoldt would, you know, make sure that every blade of grass on a ground would have been touched by his boot running over it at some stage during a game. So. But King yes. playing as a purely deep forward, um, an astonishing performance in that game. And then, yeah, it probably looked like he would have been backing it up after that game if not for, you know, he, he, he copped a knock and he just couldn't shake it. And we didn't really get the best out of him, for the you know, after that. Um, I think the back line looks really settled and, and, and it looks good. And I'm really excited about Corey Enright being the, Backline coach at St Kilda. Um, I've been on the. we Will be better once Brad Hill's confidence is rebuilt enough so he can go back to the wing. But I, I, I've I've sort of been convinced during the preseason that that's not going to happen. So I think I think he's staying at half back. Um, the question the question at St Kilda is over the midfield. Is it deep enough? Um, is it able to stop a running games? Which I think, it, you know, except for the abomination against Carlton, which I think there were a number of mitigating factors going into that performance, um, the second half of the season, it didn't happen like it happened in the first half of the season. So if that's been properly addressed, then that shouldn't happen. That sort of run on out of the midfield shouldn't happen in this, in this season at all. So... I'm 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 reasonably confident there's going to be a bounce back to 2020 levels considering we were yeah it was a thrashing um to be sure um but if we had beaten Essendon instead of lost by 75 points to them we would have played we would have finished eighth. Mm. so it, you know it's we weren't far away in the end um so I'm happy to look with the the the, the optimism that a season start the season has. We got to, We we did have a number of things other things working against us last season that aren't necessarily present this season. So
1: yes, I hope you're right. Uh, I, and I love the optimism. And yeah, I mean they're they're just they're in the mush, aren't they? We don't. Yeah. It, we can rightly say we we don't love them. We don't love the way they project. Um. I think they probably finish a few um, positions lower than you do. But, but you know, we're just throwing darts. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, this, this is one of, this the, of the... Letter. Yeah, we're we're they're the 12th team of the 15 I don't like.
2: So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um, I've got Sydney in sixth. That's exactly where they finished last season. And this is just a... Again, it's a bit like Essendon. I just think there's a correction here. They won fifteen games last season. They finished two and a half games off top. Um, they were percentage off fourth. Um, I just I, I. They still have a number of older players who they rely on. Who I feel like they the the drop in output from those guys has to be met with an increase in output from the young guys. And I'm not. Sh- I'm not so confident that that's going to be entirely sufficient, or will be the overall improvement needed for them to get better i'm not worried about sydney at all in the slightest other than the fact that you know they've been up for a generation and it's not fair (laughs) (laughs) they missed the finals like four years out of 25 um and one of those years was the years where no one was able to no one could go to the footy anyway um but yeah i just i feel like this is this is just it's a it's a it's a small step back year before next year they're they're maybe top four there's 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 really nothing to be critical about how they're going about it or how they do it. you know, they've completely changed their game style on the on its the, the head. Um, they're um they've brought in these kids, they've coached them up like they always do at Sydney, and I just think you know everything's on the up and up again for them. And they're also they're also about to get past, I think what I think what history might actually judge as a luxury they didn't need. In terms of, you know, I think we're pretty sure Buddy Franklin's not going to win a premiership at Sydney unless he's still at the club next season, at, and 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 things really go as well as they could possibly go. Mm. I think I think I think in terms of a list build, it held them back for a while. And one or two guys got squeezed out. They've lost Jordan Dawson this season, which might also be reserved. result of that. But I, you know, and that's a shame. But um, for them. But it'd almost be back to the Sydney, the home, you know, the the the, the from the ground up sort of homegrown Swans that you know, as much as one a team now can be homegrown, um, considering how many players move around. Um, this might be going back to the sort of the the, the, the sort of way Sydney succeeded that endeared themselves to everyone, all the neutrals. Mm. This Sydney team's a lot easier to like in terms of how they built and everything, which is funny because they've just started talking about cost of living allowance again. So,
1: I know, uh, but I mean, they're they're also projecting how how on earth are they going to um, keep this list together? The, the the problems you've identified, and maybe you're referencing Josh Kennedy and Luke Parker.
0: And um, Rampy,
1: ah, uh, yeah, and Rampy um, they had a very good, good season last
0: actually. season. Had a Hickey, who would be about thirty or thirty-one.
1: Well, Hickey's played his best season. Yeah. Um, uh, Rampy, I don't think's getting worse in a hurry. Um, nor is Jake Lloyd. Um, and the next couple of midfield bulls are there for all to see. If Isaac Heaney can play twenty-two games. Um then I think we all know what level he can get to. Um, if he can find some consistency in his body, then he's genuinely in that conversation of one of the best out there. And um, off a breakout year, he's now playing really good guts footy. So, um you know, and then behind that, they had a similarly, they picked the eyes out of that draft uh, that Essendon did as well to be, Another clear winner from that draft, at least initially, um, with Braden Campbell and um, Errol Golden um, and uh, Logan McDonald, who you know we're not, we're not sure about yet, but projects pretty nicely from the games that he's played as as another um, nice key forward piece and and potentially this is the one. the super... one the buzz has been about this preseason? I think.
0: Last year was about the other two, but this year there's been a bit of buzz about him this pre-season.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, let's face it, it's still much too early um, for him to be massively impacting games, um, but it's a nice piece for them to have, um, you know, referencing the way this, you know, through the academy and uh, all that kind of stuff, the way they've kept it all together, but I think. Collars back on the table because they have just lost Jordan Dawson because it was rumoured for a little while they might lose Luke Parker. It's like the squeeze is on and Franklin did that to them. Um, you know, and it, he's, he's just in that mould of whether they won flags or not with Buddy. That um, the, the, the guy that you appease the Sydney crowds with, the guy that brings people through the, the gate, whether they like footy or not. Um, yeah. I think with or without a flag, he's, he's, he's been just about worth the investment. But it's an interesting debate. Um, I love the way Sydney are projecting. I like, I, I like the way they're projecting better than a bunch of other sides. Uh, and it snuck them into the fore for me.
0: Fair. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think there's, you know, um, as I said, there's a few players who I think will get a little bit more attention. Um, they did sneak up on a few people last year, particularly in the first half of the season. So, um, I've got the other team from Sydney in fifth. Guess what happened to them last year? About with about five weeks to go, they they remembered who they were. You now I wrote them off last year, and oh, you know, with about five weeks ago, they ca- you know, they played a game up here in Ballarat in front of no one, as was the style at the times, and. Got beat by the Gold Coast by a point, and it's just like they're they're just they're toast. And from that point on, they just got back to basics. They just remembered who they were, a team that was difficult to play against, who just thrived on contested footy and being hard at it. And from that point on, everything went swimmingly. They won a final where they were the lower ranked team. They they won three and a half fewer games than Sydney last year and beat them in a final. And yeah. then and then you know the, they they were absolutely playing with their houses' money in that semi final in Perth. Considering at that stage they'd been on the road for quite some time. Um, unlike some other teams, it wasn't a situation where everyone was on the road for a really long time like the year before. Um, so I'm encouraged, you know, they've still got just a, a heap of talent.
1: Yeah. So just, that was one you know, of the things I kept saying last year, you know, Cameron out, um, and what does that leave behind? Well, a bunch of pieces that you'd you'd prefer to have mm. playing key forward for Collingwood, as an example. Um,
0: and one of the, uh, according to champion data, one of the elite key forwards in the competition is Jeremy Finlayson. Yeah. Know, he's got, who was the one who, who no, he's gone to Port Adelaide, but they did have him as one of the elite forwards. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Seniors moment. We're at ten twenty-two. people. it's. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, there are. There's just so many good pieces. I, they they um, uh, accounted for Collingwood relatively easily on the weekend. And um, they do just sort of chip it up the wing and and just hit so many good players. I, watching any particular passage, and Caniglio's obviously had a, a rough couple of years, but appears to be moving really well. He's in that. That watch category for me of like, wouldn't it be great if he started to play great footy again with, um, Paddy Cripps? And there's another one that, that, um, escapes my mind who, who looks to be moving really well again. Um, but, but those two are certainly right up the top of the list of guys that could be difference makers. Um, but yeah, Caniglio, Whitfield, Toronto. um, you know, coming really arrived last year. There's some. There's just. There's some lovely pieces in that team.
2: Jacob um, Hopper.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, one of the better debuts. Um, of of current listed players, but um, threatens to tear it apart. Uh, Toronto went forward in the absence of Green and played some terrific footy. Um, yeah. There's yeah. I mean. Inexplicably, perhaps I've, I've I have them missing this year just because uh, you know, and only just um, in that conversation between um, you know six and twelve. But I I put them ninth, having having had them in the eight last year. Um, I don't think they necessarily get much better or much worse. Um. So, where I've where I've got Carlton Trent that may be accounted for the Giants' position in the eight.
0: Fair enough. They did play each other in the last game of the home and away season last year. Another one where we've got two teams near each other who um, played each other in the last game of the season. That was a closer encounter than the one in Tasmania. I've got Port Adelaide fourth. Um, let me put it this way. They're not finishing fifth to eighth. So we're either going to get the Port Adelaide we've had for the last few years, and obviously the... You know, the preliminary final was sobering <laughs> to say the least, you've reported out of this, but everything was fine up until that point. Um but they're either gonna be who they've been the last two years or it's over. And nothing in between. They're not they're not gonna tease us and it's really time for those you know, we 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 have just mentioned a few clubs with, you know, you know, a, a trio of blokes who were all drafted at the same start, at the same time. Early to try and bump up a team. Um, yeah, you know, Sydney have got got one S, and then have got one more Port Adelaide sort of have the original triplets. Um, that primary final last year, um, only really one of them wanted to be out there. And it wasn't Rosie and it wasn't Desma. Mm. He's um, the one, I mean,
1: Butters it was Butters. Is
0: the
2: one. Yeah,
1: he, he, he is the one, that, you know. No matter who you speak to about Port Adelaide, um, that and he and he was unlucky with his body last year, but he is the one that that holds the keys. Um, I think Port Adelaide are worse, um, but interestingly, I've got them fifth in that range. You you can't you can't have them finishing. Um, still think they'll account for. Uh, you know, last year I thought there were there was sort of a, a clear top five, um, and it fell away after that. I I'm I'm much less bullish about Port Adelaide this year than I was last year. Um
2: well, but me I too, I think had the over. top
1: yeah, I, I, I still think they'll account for teams with uh experience and style. Um but but something something's not right. Um few in few key injuries already. Um uh they they don't look amazing in the preseason. Um yeah, I I just I think they'll win their share of games, but does Travis Boat keep um this this sort of later seasons flurry that he's having in his career, or does it start to wane a little bit? Does Robbie Gray start to wane that little bit more? You know, where he's he's definitely not at his best anymore. But those no. two guys are the absolute class in that team. That you know the. They're really serious players who who might be past their best.
0: Each team has 132 Brownlow votes that they have access to. Wines and Boak polled 61 between them. Mm. I mean, there's a staggering number of votes to go
1: to two players. Mm. Mm. This is the way of the Brownlow, though, I suppose. You know, Wines winning with this extraordinary high number and Walsh not winning with 30 votes and mm. and the rest. Walsh not finishing
0: don't. on the dice. He
1: didn't mm. get a
0: medal, you know, mm. if it was... But, um, yeah, it's hard to think that Boak will be as good. But, yeah, I, to be mm. honest,
1: because I just... don't think they, they don't get better. They, uh, they cleared out like, it was 68 points uh, last year, um, which was, you know, two games cleared out uh, fourth. But I think they, I think they'll drop back a couple, and I've got them
0: fifth. I've got them fourth because I did the, the fourteen teams below them. I like less. They, they, mm-hmm. I, I was looking for a way to drop them down. Um, I got the Bulldogs third. There's, a, there's, there's a obviously a question mark over res- residual when you lose a grand final like that, and history is pretty emphatic. Over the last thirty-five years, about teams recovering from a grand final touch-up, we've um, not the best midfield in the competition in terms of depth of quality. Um, I, st- I and obviously Ugal Hagen and, and Darcy is you know money in the bank in terms of a, a, a pointing into the ground um, future, but I still don't I don't really like their back half and particularly a key position. So I think they've got, they've got a, they've got a weakness there. Um, you know, Alex Key's a good, a good footballer, but he's nothing special. So I think there's enough question marks. And that's why they're one of the two teams I sort of like, okay, I sort of like him. Um, They you want, know, they, they did, they did become the first team in history to win a final in every state last year, as in they've now won one in every state. They won three finals in three different states. Um, I don't saying they shouldn't have beat Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but they managed to, and then, you know, I just thought they've got. I thought they had no business of being in that poor Adelaide game in terms of from a competitive point of view, when they won by seventy one points, yeah. and were, and were, um, twelve minutes and eleven seconds of the third quarter of the grand final, nineteen points up.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, bontempelli kicks that goal. I I wondered what I was watching because I felt so sure that I knew how that grand final was going to go. And um, Bont looked like he was, you know, giving a career defining performance. Um, and the the Norm Smith Medal was no one else's at that point, and they looked like they would just held them at arm's length for long enough. What followed was extraordinary, obviously, and. I think you're right. I think that they have to take a bit of a battering on that. The dogs are a fascinating watch for me because I think you can go and get a key back. You know, they, I think there's a few clubs out there who've shown that you can have hits, mature age hits. You can trade for blokes. Um, you you know, if need be, you can look at a um, a high-end draft pick for, for that. Um the, the fascination with the dogs, I think, is can can the young key forwards arrive um, while they maintain their midfield dominance, you know, um, which they have through Bontempelli, um, McRae, Trelaw, Bailey Smith, um, you know. And if, if McRae, Bontempelli and Smith are still playing... Pretty good footy when those boys seriously arrive. Um, that will be something to behold. Um, but it's a fascinating watch because you, you, you'd have to expect that if Hugo Hagen's not ready, that Darcy surely can't be, um, and that patience will be required with both of them. Mm. Um, but the, and this, this season
0: is, they is in, and they they don't have Josh Bruce this season to keep the seat warm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're a fascinating watch. The Bulldogs because i I suspect I suspect they're the third best team in it. Um, and I'm just sort of I'm I'm just watching that list um, like a hawk because so much of it's right, um, and their midfield's amazing. Um, but we've spoken about um, their ruck deficiency, um, their their key back deficiency, you know, which ended up telling um, on grand final day, and you know most pundits thought that it might. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got them thirded of-
0: Yep, excellent. I've got Brisbane second. Um, I mean, they're the 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 the. It's sort of hard to articulate why it hasn't happened. I mean, they've been at the pointy end, and they, and and to be fair, they're probably the team in the finals who looked the best against Melbourne. In the first final, there was there was there was a moment there in the third quarter where it was a genuine one. It was a genuine arm wrestle. Um, that felt like it was one goal away from sort of going in any direction, and two, um, they had. I mean, I don't know if anyone does, but Melbourne didn't have an answer for Charlie Cameron. Um. Charlie Cameron is, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say he's my favourite footballer who doesn't play for St Kilda to watch. Mm. Um, but that was that was a, that was, an, you know, an incredible performance by him to what kick five of nine goals. But Melbourne sort of, and maybe it was, you know, we see all these great teams they have one performance in the finals which where which can be a little worrying, and then they sort of shrug it off. Um, Harris Andrews has admitted that he wasn't great last season. Um, and sort of, you know. I got, you know, and then and then, uh, Lockie Neal came back to the pack a little bit. They've still got, you know, a very deep midfield. Mm. Yeah, you know, have we seen the best? You know, has Joe Downer played his best football? Um, what are they going to get at Hipwood this season? He looks like, you know, he's a chance to play early in the season. But they do have a couple of really important players who are actually... Look at that team that played that final last year. Um, Zorko's 33. Um, Rich turns 32 this year. Virgil's gone. You know, he's just... What is... Jared Lyons wouldn't be... Jared Lyons is 30 this year. It's, it's just... It's, it's, I'm not... Well, there's 15 teams that I like. There's two who I, you know, I can I can pick apart as well. in Brisbane are one of them because i have just got to There are there are bigger questions to be answered about. Is this, is is what what why is why is why are they not able to get over the hump? Because it's been, it's been three seasons three seasons where they've been knocked out of the finals at home. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, they they knocked off the Tigers in 2020, mm. didn't they?
0: They and did in that first final. Uh, yeah. I mean, there would have been um, Premiership favourites that night.
1: Yes. Um, and looking at it, that was probably their moment. Um,
0: and they got undone by Gary Ablett.
1: They'd spent, you know, that, that 2020 year where everything seemed to be aligning for them. And we just wondered whether it was coming that tiny bit too soon. I don't really worry about Zorko at 33. Firstly, is it? Mature age recruit,
0: lightly raced.
1: Yeah, lightly raced. Has that body type, like a Brad Johnson, where you know he might just play till he's forty. Um. So yeah, he, he's not a huge concern for mine coming off a good year too. Um, I I think they're, I think they're second. You know, we'll, we'll see how Melbourne, because the, the the question mark on Melbourne is just that they did it you know do they do they do it and then keep doing it like Geelong after a drought or do they do it and then disappear back into obscurity a little like the dogs when they broke their drought Mm. um you know that that's the question because some of the football they played last year was was breathtaking and really untouchable no no other team played footy like that at any point in in 2021, we kept thinking there were other teams that had the capacity to do it, but they never did it. Melbourne Melbourne's best footy was always the best footy, um, and that grand final performance was out of this world. If if they can produce that kind of centre bounce harmony, um, you know, and and for Luke Jackson to be so responsible for so much of that. You know, is it Melbourne and then daylight as, you know, we herald the arrival of uh, the great Christian Petrarca, like the, you know, best player in the game, Christian Petrarca, and Clary Oliver not far behind? When you pick your starting midfield from everyone available in the AFL, I reckon you've got three Melbourne players in the centre square. And that's, that is such a good place to start from. Um, Really incredible, two key pillars in that back line, but good players around them. Um, you know, just role-playing key forwards. So that that's probably a question mark. But around them, Bailey Fritsch, who's, who's played an incredible year as a as your sort of mid-sized forward. And then Cozzy Pickett, who still has the capacity to be anything and is the closest thing we've seen to Cyril since we haven't had Cyril. Um, so it's all there for melbourne back to back is right there for melbourne um you know potentially a three peat even because no one appears to be arriving with a bullet um there's just a couple of clubs um you know that that might find a bit of magic um i think brisbane's best place to do that this year and the dogs you know could be coming if they can get the recipe right um but
0: that's the way I see it. Um, um. Thank you for talking about Melbourne there, because you now I don't have to. Um, because mm. this, this is all I need to say. In the last fifty-five minutes and thirty-five seconds of last year's grand final, the score was Melbourne sixteen goals for a hundred. The Bulldogs one-one-seven. That was mm. the best team in the competition versus the second best team in the competition. I mean, the reason why the comparison is two thousand eight is. There's going to have to be some very unlikely contrivance of either, of, you know, the maxim that every win brings you close to your next loss, plus some sort of brilliance of, you know, if the shark stops, the shark, you know, the sh- the, yeah. if the shark stops, it dies. If it bleeds, we can kill it. There's no reasonable. Rational, expected explanation for Melbourne not winning the Premiership this year. They are they are in a different class. Something would have to happen that would be both unexpected, somewhat irrational, and somewhat unreasonable. Christian Petrarca might be the best player in the competition this year. He also might not be the best midfielder on his team. Mm. Max Gorn might not be the best ruckman at Melbourne. I'm deadly serious. Luke Jackson is that good. Not on the Luke Jackson bandwagon... Very early. It's um, hard not to be. Bailey Fritch was the first player since Darren Jarman to kick six goals in the grand final. Mm. Think of, you know, Franklin, Rewalt, Jack, Jack, Nick, well, you know, all the key forwards who've played in grand finals since the late 90s. Matthew Lloyd played in that
1: Essendon team, didn't kick six in the grand final. But and it
0: took him just,
1: above 60 for the year, like. Extraordinary yeah. year for a for a bloke that size.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't think there's any, there's, there's no need to, yeah. We'll talk ourselves into all the narratives and all the stories, and it'll be interesting because it's footy and we love it. But, um, Melbourne play the Bulldogs in round one. They will win that game. Mm. Yeah, they yeah, are. It's the,
1: the magnificent that we start the year with a grand final rematch. Just magnificent.
0: It's very good. Um, so, C.J. Ladder Hawthorne eighteenth, North Melbourne seventeenth, Adelaide sixteenth, West Coast fifteenth, Collingwood fourteenth. That's where I lost you. <laughs> it's order.
1: Suns thirteenth. Yep. Then the Saints, Frio, Richmond, GWS, and in the eight, Carlton, Essendon, Geelong. Uh, Adelaide. <laughs> and then the Swans, Dogs, Brisbane, and Melbourne. We have the same top three and the same bottom three. And then the soup in the middle.
0: The soup in the middle. No worries. Um Willing to stick your neck out for a brown load prediction at this stage. I'm pretty sure no one had Ollie wines at the start of the last season. Toot Miller. Toot Miller. He'll be a popular winner. Um I'm going to bloke with the worst here in football. And that's uh, Clayton Oliver. <laughs> um, which is, I think, who I had last... I might have had him last season. I might have had the bump last season. He went very close. Um, there go, we've got We got through it. My ladder in reverse sort of Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Adelaide. Collingwood, 15th. West Coast, 14th. Gold Coast, 13th. Fremantle, 12th. Richmond, 11th. Geelong, 10th. Carlton, 9th. Essendon, 8th. The mighty Saints seventh, Sydney sixth, GWS fifth, Port Adelaide fourth, Western Bulldogs third, Brisbane Lions second, and Melbourne in first. That's another one in the books. We'll go back to those predictions at the end of the season. We'll stick them into the squiggle page and see how who had the best. But I don't, I, I, they'll be close because the the bookends are exactly the same, and the mm. table of contents and the index and the index um to just, just completely torture the metaphor um <laughs> cameron it is always a pleasurable catch up at some stage during the season to talk about stuff so um until then thanks very much
1: good night fella
0: and uh we'll catch you next time on the podcast did you go that saying